Come on, make some noise in God's house. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Praise God. The song said, you have rescued my life and I'm never going back. And look, you only can sing that song if God done something for you in your life. You can't, you can't sing that song if God didn't reach way down and pick you up. You, you can't sing that song unless God turned your life around and did what only he can do. And because, God, you rescued my life, we're never going back. We're never going back. We're never going back. We're not going back to that mindset. We're not going back to that situation. We're not going back to that season in life. But no, I, you have rescued me. And because you rescued me, I'm going to give you praise. So give, give God praise in his house. I got one question for you this morning. Is there anybody excited for the word of God? Are you excited for the word of God? There is a word today from John. St. John chapter 21. St. John chapter 21. As we've been looking at this past week and even in Sunday school, um, last, sun last Sunday school, last Sunday worship service and Bible class, we've been looking at some of these appearances of Jesus after his resurrection. And so we're going to look at another one today. And when I tell you this bless my socks off, I pray that it bless your socks off as well. Amen. Praise God. And today is going to be a day if you don't take notes, you, didn't make, you need to make sure you got your phone ready. If you need a journal, we got some journals in the next door for you. If you want some, go back to the deacon and say, look, deacon, I'm, I need to take notes today and I need, I need something. If you need it, we, go, we have some stuff for you. Today is going to be the day to take notes. Amen. As you turn in there, do you mind lifting up on your feet? St. John chapter 21. We're going to look at verses 1 through 14. St. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. How about this? Let's do this of a sponsor reading type of way, okay? And so when we read it, I need you to read it with power and authority. Read it like you believe in what you're about to read, okay? So I'm going to start off with verse 1. And I want you to follow over verse 2, and I'll pick up at verse 3, you verse 4, and we'll keep going until we get to verse 14. Is that all right? All right, so now look, y'all going to have to read it loud. Read it with some power so we all can be together. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on the wise showed he himself. Nathaniel. We're going to get it. Simon Peter said unto him, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Amen. Then Jesus said unto them, children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, what? No. Amen. 
Amen. Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. As soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the to land full of great fish, and hundred and fifty-three. And for all there were so many, yet was not their net broken. Jesus then comes and talks and takes the bread and gives them and fish likewise. The word of God for the people of God. Father God, we thank you for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you. God, thank you. It is a privilege to come into your house to um, worship you, to love on you, Father, to hear from you. And Father, we want to tell you thank you, Father. And as we have come to now to sit at the feet of your throne to hear you speak to us, Father, my prayer is that you will fulfill a deep desire on the inside of us this morning. Father, my prayer is that you will uh, uh, speak to us, Father, that our hearts may yet be burn with your word. Father, have your way in this place, God. Father, I pray now that God, as your servant, you will allow me to preach with power and authority that, Father, our lives may be changed, that, Father, our hearts may be renewed, Father, that our spirits may be renewed and our hearts may be cleaned. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. Just for a few moments, I want to preach and teach from the thought, fishing for fulfillment. Fishing for fulfillment. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Say, come on, put your preacher voice on. Say, neighbor. The preacher is going to preach about fishing for fulfillment. Give God praise in his house. Growing up, I used to like going fishing with my family, especially with my granddaddy. He used to... We used to, he used, he didn't used to buy the fishing rods out the store. We were so country, we'll go in the woods, cut down a tree, get some, um, some line and make a fishing rod. Amen, praise God. And so it was an experience for me, and I used to love going fishing. So, uh, and I may, may have some people that will agree with me this morning when I say that fishing is very therapeutic. Fishing is very therapeutic. It's the place where you can go, you can step away from the world, no worries, you can relax, and you can be at peace just with the waters and the fish. And you know, one of the things that used to irritate me about my granddaddy was I used to work hard to catch a fish. And then after I caught it, he said, put it back out there. I was like, what you talking about, put it back out there? We just, we just, we just caught it. And I, I don't know about everyone else, but you may not participate in my country festivities and, and, and going to cut the trees and making your own fishing line. But I have learned that we are all fishing for something in life. 
We are all looking for something that's going to bring meaning to us. We're all striving for something that's going to bring value to who we are. We're all trying to get something out of this thing called life. But one thing for sure is that we all, I don't know what you, what you may be striving for. You may be striving for one thing in one way, and I may be striving for another. But one thing for sure that we are all striving for is fulfillment. We all have this desire to reach a certain place in life. We all have this desire, this idea in our, in our minds, in our hearts that we want to live out our purpose. We want to feel fulfilled. We want all, all of us, we, every single last one of us, I don't care what you are, where you are in life, you want to feel satisfied with your life. And as we have gathered in this space this morning, God has given me a message about what fulfillment is and how we can go about obtaining it. Amen. Praise God. Because I know you want to feel good. I know you want to feel good about where you are in life. I know you want to feel good about what you're doing in your life. And I have a message to help you find what fulfillment is and where you can find it in life. So fulfillment is this place where our purposes, our pleasures, and our pursuits collide. Go ahead, go, go to the next slide. Fulfillment is where our purpose, somebody shout purpose. purpose. Oh, y'all, y'all not shouting. Somebody shout purpose. purpose. Where our pleasure, and somebody shout pursuit. So if you really want to find fulfillment, I need you to pay attention to what your purpose is. What are you called to? What has God created you to do? Amen. Then I need you to pay attention to your pleasure. Somebody shout pleasure. What do you enjoy doing? What do you enjoy doing? What do you enjoy doing every day? What do you enjoy doing? What brings you happiness? And then I need you to pay attention to your pursuit. Somebody shout pursuit. Pursuit is what you are doing every day. So where purpose, where pleasure, and your pursuit collide, what you're called to do, what you enjoy doing, and what you're doing every day, where that meets together, that is where you will find fulfillment. Y'all following me? That is where you will find fulfillment. When you find a right balance between your purpose, your pleasure, and your pursuits. Amen? Nine times out of ten, if we feel as if our lives are lacking fulfillment, it is because at least one of these three areas, your purpose, your pleasure, or your pursuit, one of those three areas are not overlapping with the others. Maybe, sure enough, you're living in your purpose and you, you, you're doing everything that reflects your purpose every day, but it's not making you happy, therefore you have no fulfillment. Y'all following me? Maybe you are doing, you're doing something you enjoy every day, and you're doing it every day, but it's not connected to your purpose, therefore you will not find fulfillment. Y'all following me? So your fulfillment is where your purpose, your pleasure, and your pursuits um, collide. So if we're not feeling fulfilled, it's either because, number one, you are unsure of your purpose. You're unsure of your calling. You're unsure of what God has created you to do. If you're not feeling fulfillment, that's one. Number two, you might not be feeling fulfilled because we are not always doing, we are allowing things to keep us from being happy. The reason why you're not feeling fulfilled is because you are allowing things from keep you to keep you from being happy. The other reason why you might not feel fulfilled is because what you're doing every day does not resonate with you on a spiritual level. So, if 
We can identify and implement strategies that reflect each of these three areas, areas we will find fulfillment in our lives. If we can find where we are inconsistent in your purpose, where you are inconsistent in your pleasure, where you are inconsistent in your pursuit, if you can find that and then correct it, then you will find fulfillment in your life. Am I helping y'all this morning? So this is not just for one area of your life. This is for every single last area of your life. This is for your relationships and your marriages. This is for your career. This is for your friendships. This is for your financial status. This is for your family. This is for your health. This is for your materialistic things. This is for our church. This is for our communities because we want to find fulfillment in all of these areas, right? So we have to ask ourselves, what am I created to do? What makes me happy? And what do I do every day? What am I created to do? What makes me happy? And what do I do every day? If you, if, if, if we, if I would sit down with you and you say I'm not finding fulfillment in my marriage, then look, I would sit down with you and I would ask you, what was God created that, what did God bring you together for in the purpose? What, what makes you happy in your partner? And then my next question is, what are y'all doing every day? Because maybe something is not correlating. Something is not colliding. If you're not finding fulfillment in your career, my next question is, what did God create you to do in, in, in your life? What do you enjoy doing? And then what, what job do you have now? Y'all following me? Because where your purpose, your pleasure, and your pursuits collide, that's where you will find Fulfillment. Somebody shout fulfillment. Am I helping y'all this morning? All right, I pray I do. I, look, I promise y'all this blessed me off my socks. And when God showed me that, I said, Lord, that's a word. And so I'm excited to give it. If we would just allow Jesus to coach us, if you will allow Jesus to tell you how to live out your purpose, to live out your pleasures, and to live out your pursuits, then you will find everything that you're ever looking for. That the fulfillment the validation, the happiness, the joy, the peace, the understanding, whatever you, are, you have been looking for in life, whatever you have been fishing for in life, Jesus will help you find it. He will show you how to find it, and he will show you where to find it. So today, I'm trying to give you the keys to fish for fulfillment. Somebody shout fulfillment. Come on, shout it. Shout fulfillment. So, so, after Jesus' resurrection from the grave, the Bible records that Jesus did not immediately go straight to heaven, but he spent over 40 days. He revealed himself to the disciples and many other people to confirm his resurrection and make it real for them. Our text tells us that this fishing trip is Jesus' third appearance after his resurrection. This is the third time that Jesus shows himself after he gets up from the grave. Y'all following me? So it is important that Jesus revealed himself after his resurrection to his disciples because it established, as we established last week, his appearance was proof that his resurrection was real. His appearance was proof that his resurrection was real. Jesus' appearances made his resurrection more than a theory, made it more than a conspiracy, but he made it to a reality. I'm, I'm revisit, revisiting something we talked about last week. He had to physically show up 
to his disciples to convince them that he had actually got out the grave. That it was not just something that they hoped for. It was not just something Jesus promised and it never happened. But it was something they knew for sure had happened. Right? Because we know that these disciples, they were called to go preach Jesus. They were called to go tell people that, that, hey, Jesus is the son of God. He's the savior of the world. But why would they go and tell the world that he said he was going to give up on the third day, but I never seen him yet. So Jesus had to get up from the grave and to, he had to reveal himself to these disciples to be proof that he got up from the grave. Am I making sense? And I would say, I would say rightfully so, because I would need Jesus to show up myself. Because knowing that preaching the gospel is not just an easy type of job. Preaching the gospel is not, you're not going to get like when you preach the gospel. Amen. Praise God. So when these disciples said, hey, I'm going to go preach Jesus, they were putting their lives on the line. So they had to know for sure. I need, God, before I go out there and I tell these folks and they, they, they thread me, God, before I step out there, I need to know that you're real. And so Jesus shows himself up to these people to as proof that he is real. As proof that Jesus is the one who he said he was. So some of you may be like the disciples after the resurrection. You're waiting for God to reveal himself to you. You know what God said. You know what he promised. You know all of this church stuff. You know all of the songs. You know his word. You've seen his power and work in other people's lives. But now you want God to make it real for you. And can I declare to you this morning that your time has come. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, if you have been waiting for God to make his power real to you, your time has come. Look to somebody and say, your time has come. I'll go ahead and prophesy to him say, your time has come. You've been waiting, you've been crying, you've been trying to figure it out, but God says today that your time has come. Your time has come. Your time has come when God will blow your mind. Today, your, this is your season. Your time has come for God to show up and show out in your life. Your time has come for you to see who Jesus really is in your life. That everything you look for in Jesus, you're going to find it in this season. That your time, hallelujah, your time has come. Go ahead and say it again. Say your time has come. Go ahead and pat yourself on the back on your chest and say, my time has come. My time has come. Hallelujah. I'm not going, I'm not going to go through this anymore. I'm not going to struggle with this anymore. But my time has come. Because one thing I have learned about God, and, and even with our troubles, the Bible says the man that is born of a woman is of a, what, a few days. But they're what, full of trouble. And one thing I love about God and all of our troubles, God has made our, he has a set time to make our troubles pass away. That God has a set time to make the trouble pass away. He has a set time to make people leave you alone. He has a set time to heal your body. He has a set time to bring you out. And until that time has come, I need you to wait on God. And some of you have been waiting and God is hallelujah. He is allowing me to announce to you today that your time has come. That your set time has come. 
This is your time to come out, out of that grave. Hallelujah. This is your time to come out of that dark season. Hallelujah. That this is your time to come out and be delivered. Hallelujah. That you don't, hallelujah. That he, this is your time for God to rescue you. Go ahead and say, this is my time. I've seen God bless everybody else. I've seen God open doors for everybody else. But this is my time. Go ahead and say, this is my time. This is my time. Hallelujah. So, as they were finding fulfillment, hallelujah, as they were fishing this day, hallelujah, they met Jesus on the shoreline. And Jesus showed them how to find more fulfillment rather than just in fish, but in him. So the disciples, they found three things, and I'm going to give it to you. And when they found these three things, they found fulfillment in their lives. If you're going to find fulfillment in your life, you need to pay attention to three things. Number one, pay attention to God's way. God's way. As the disciples, they're meeting together. Jesus has gotten up from the grave, right? He's revealed himself to two other people, two other occurrences. And now they're waiting for Jesus, right? Peter, he decides, say, hey, look, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go fishing. Peter, you know, they fishermen. Uh, we're not quite sure as to why uh, Peter decided to go and say, I'm going to go fishing. But we can infer, we can conclude that this could have been because for financial purposes. Because watch this. Even though Jesus, while it was good that Jesus had gotten up from the grave, right? Even though Jesus had gotten up from the grave and we thank him for it, that bill still had to be paid. Life still had to go on. Family still had to be fed. So they say, okay, look, I'm going to go fishing so I can make a little change. I'm going to go hustle so I can get a little money to pay my bills. So the disciples, they returned back to what they were trained to do. They were trained to be fishers. The disciples were fishermen by trade. They were professional, fish, professional fishermen. They knew how to fish. They knew all of the tips and the tricks to bring in, bringing in a load of fish home. However, the Bible says that when the disciples set out to go fishing this time, they had no luck. The Bible says that even though they went fishing this time, they fished all night. Somebody shout, all night. All night. And they still didn't catch not one fish. And some of this, like some of us today, we try all, we've been trying all of this time and still haven't had any luck. But Jesus, he shows up on the seashore. He questions their intention. He said, hey, y'all got any fish, y'all got any meat. And then he tells them, hey, y'all drop y'all net beside, on the right side of the boat. Right? He tells them to drop their nets in a certain place, right, on the right side of the boat. Watch this. And once they did things Jesus' way, they caught more fish than it looked like they could handle. When they did things Jesus' way, they found everything that they were looking for in abundance. And I need to tell somebody, when you do things Jesus' way, things will work out for you. When we do things Jesus' way, the Lord will bless our efforts. Um, can I propose to you this morning that maybe the reason why something is not working out is because you're trying to do it your way and not his way. But here's the thing I have learned. When you do things the way that God tells you to do them, you will find fulfillment in your deepest searches. Because here's the thing. Take this. Write this down. God doesn't bless ambition. He blesses obedience. 
God doesn't bless ambition. A-M-B-I-T-I-O-N. A-M-B-I-T-I-O-N. He doesn't bless ambition. He blesses what? Obedience. Somebody shout obedience. obedience. Ambition is this strong desire and this effort to achieve something. And truth be told, we all have ambition. We all desire to accomplish something. We all desire to accomplish some goal. We all have a, a desire to see something in our lives. So we all have this desire to be this or to be that, to reach someplace in our lives. However, just because we have, we call ourselves putting in the work, just because we call ourselves having this ambition does not mean that we are guaranteed to reach that point. And I believe that the world has fooled us. I think the world has fooled us. We live in a hustle culture. The world tells us as long as you hustle hard enough, as long as you hustle long enough, you will accomplish your goals. All that, all, and I love it. I love it because we need a hustle. I need you to hustle. I need you to grind. I love the mindset that we have to hustle and grind. But let me tell you, if we are going to find real fulfillment in life, we're going to need more than a grind. We're going to need God. You're going to need more than a hustle, but you're going to need Jesus. Because without the Lord blessing your hustle, your efforts are going to be in vain. Unless God blesses what you're grinding and you're trying to do what you're putting work into, unless God blesses it, then it's going to be in vain. The Bible says, Psalms 127 and 1, unless the Lord builds a house, the workers work, work in vain. So we can try as hard as we can. We can try as hard as we want. But it won't work until we humble ourselves and do it God's way. I hope I'm making sense to y'all this morning. Like the disciples who were pros at fishing. They were pros. They knew it. They, they doggone, they knew what to do. They were pros at fishing. Some of us are depending on strategies. We're depending on techniques that rely on our own strength. That rely on our own understanding. That rely on our own perspective, our own power, rather than doing it God's way. We're doing things our way to get to a certain place or to become this type of person in life. We're doing things our way and not God's way. And can I admit to you that it's frustrating. I promise you, I know it. I don't know what you've been doing. I know it's frustrating to be trying to do your hardest and it seems to not be bringing forth the results that you want. It's frustrating because no matter how hard you seem to try, you're not finding the results that you want. No matter how hard we try, it's not, it's, let me tell you, no matter how hard you hustle without God, no matter how, how much you say you're going to put in the work, if you don't have God, it's never going to be enough for you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a living testimony. I've tried. I've, tried, look, I've, I've hustled. Look, one thing about Calvin Johnson, he know how to pick up a hustle. Hey, I, look, I'll pick up, I'll, I'll take pictures, I done did music, I done did uh, a mechanic, I done did this, I done did all of these things. I hustle. But if I didn't have God, none of it would have been enough. And some of you, you've been trying to hustle. You've been trying to make things work in your own strength, and it's not working. And let me tell you, you need to try it God's way. Can I suppose, can I, uh, can I propose to you this morning that when you start doing relationships and marriages God's way, you'll find more fulfillment in your partner. 
Can I propose to you that when you start handling your finances God's way, you will find more fulfillment with your available, available balance in your bank account? Can I suppose to you, can I propose to you that when you start eating God's way, you'll find more fulfillment in your health? Can I suppose to you that when you start praying and fasting God's way, you'll find more fulfillment in your spiritual journey? So I'm looking, somebody who's saying, Kyle, I, I come to church and Kyle, I, I've been trying. I've been trying. I've been trying to get through it. Kyla, I've been trying. I've been trying to. I've been trying to do it. I've been trying to make it work. And let me tell you, I'm glad that you're trying. I'm glad that you're trying. And keep on trying. But now I need you to try it God's way. You've done all that you know how to do. You hustle, you hustle your behind part off. You did everything in the book. And now it's time to be like, God, show me how to do it your way. God, I've tried my way, and it wasn't enough. God, I tried to do it, and it wasn't enough. Now, God, show me how to do it your way. And when you do so, when you ask God to show you and you follow God's instructions, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that your life will be so much better. I guarantee you when you stop trying to live your life your way and you start living it God's way, I guarantee you, I will put my word on it, that your life will be much better. That this weight to be this, this weight to be that will be lifted off your shoulders. Because now you will no longer be dependent on yourself to make things happen for you. I'm no longer dependent on myself to heal my body. I'm no longer dependent on myself to bring me out. But now that I'm doing things God's way, I'm depending on him to do it. When you do things God's way, you have a heart and a mindset that God is going to make it happen. Because you are obeying him. Am I making sense to y'all this morning? I pray, I'm, I pray I'm helping somebody. So you got to do things, somebody shout God's way. Not only did they find God's way, they also found God's wealth. God's wealth. God's wealth. Somebody shout wealth. Once Jesus, Jesus blessed their efforts. Once Jesus told them to, hey, y'all need to do this, drop the net on this side. The Bible says that the disciples and, and, and Jesus allowed them to get so much fish. The, the Bible says that the disciples recognized who Jesus was and they rushed to him. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Peter couldn't get to Jesus quick enough. So what he did was threw a jacket over his shoulders and he jumped in the, the sea in the doggone water to get to Jesus. Watch this. Peter didn't wait for the other disciples. But he said, look, I'm going to go if I have to go all by myself. He didn't care about the fish anymore. He was just trying to get to Jesus. He, he, couldn't, he didn't care about trying to get a catch. He didn't care about what the fish was going to bring in his life. No, he was trying to get to Jesus. He didn't care about taking other people with him. He was just trying to get to Jesus. He knew that everybody else, they were sooner or later, they're going to catch up. But I got to get to Jesus. And can I stick a pinpoint here? When Peter recognized who Jesus was, his pursuit changed. When Jesus recognized who Jesus was, uh, when Peter recognized who Jesus was, his priorities changed. And when you recognize who God is for real, your priorities are going to change. 
When you recognize what God, who God really is in your life, his power, his wisdom, his understanding, your priorities are going to change. And when your priorities change, your pursuit is going to change. Peter was no longer trying to get fish. He wanted to get to Jesus. Watch this. And in order to get to where Jesus was, watch this. Peter had to leave some people behind who didn't share the same priorities as he did. I'm going to say that again. In order to get to Jesus, Peter had to leave some people behind who did not share the same priorities as he did. Let me tell you, when you are trying to get to a certain place in God, sometimes you're going to have to leave some people behind that do not share the same priorities as you. There are some people that do not see their walks with God as important as you do. There are some people who do not see them becoming the best person that they can be as important as you do. There are some people that are just not on your level yet in your mind. They just don't have that mindset yet. They're not mature in their spirits yet. They're not hungry for God like you are. And so sometimes you got to leave these people behind. And let me tell you this. You know these people because while you're trying to do something that's going to move you forward in life, when you're trying to do something that's going to make you better in life, they're still trying to do something that doesn't help you. They're still trying to do something that doesn't benefit where God is trying to take you. They're doing something that doesn't benefit your pursuit of God. And your calling and what God has created you to do. You know these people. So when you come across these people, you have to just give them space to do them. Yeah, look, look, I'm gonna let look, I'm not gonna force you to follow me. I'm not gonna force you to do better for your life, but I'm gonna give you the space to do what you want to do. But however, I'm not going to allow your mindset to hinder me and what I'm going after in my life. So don't let these people, don't let these people hinder you, but you may, you may need to move along doing what you need to do in order to get to where you need to be in God. And let me testify. Watch this. I didn't say abandon them. I said sometimes you got to leave them. I didn't say you got to cut them off. I didn't say you got to cut them off on everything. Don't talk to them. Don't do none of this. Sometimes I got to leave people. I didn't say cut them off. I didn't say abandon them. I didn't say give up on them. I just said maybe you need to create some distance between you and them so that you can go after what God has created you to do. Am I making sense to y'all this morning? I hope I'm making, I hope, I hope, I pray I'm helping y'all. Because here's what I have learned. In my, in my little short living, everyone does not have a vision for their life. Everyone doesn't want better for their lives like you do. Everyone does not want God like you do. But just because they're not matching your energy, just because they're not matching your effort, just because they're not matching your mindset does not mean you have to stay where they are. No, you move on and you do what you need to do to get to where you need to be in God. As I said, don't abandon them, but lead, create that space so that you can lead them to the place where God is. Watch this. Don't abandon them, but lead them so that they can see that you're trying to get closer to God. 
And if they follow after you, they're going to automatically get closer to him. I hope I'm making sense. So some people, you don't just cut off. I just got to lead you to closer to God. Show them what it looks like to go after God. So if people were to start following you, they will automatically get closer to him. Y'all following me? Sometimes you got to lead people to lead people. Let me say that again. Sometimes you got to leave people to lead people. As they follow you, they're automatically getting closer to him. Am I helping y'all this morning? Once the disciples, watch this. So Peter, he left them and he got to the shore. And then all of the other disciples got there. We're talking about God's will. I'm about to make it make sense. They got to the seashore. They found that Jesus already had fish. Now, they just worked all night trying to catch some. And Jesus, Jesus just shows up on the, on the seashore, and he already has fish. And when I tell you he had fish, he, he was throwing it down, too. They said they saw the coals there, and Jesus was cooking. Everything that the disciples were looking for, everything that they were fishing for, Jesus already had. Everything that the disciples spent their whole night trying to get themselves, God already had. And can I tell you this morning, God already has everything that you've been looking for. Everything you've been trying to find in this world, everything you've been trying to find in that vape, everything you tried, tried to find in that relationship, everything you tried to find, the fulfillment that you tried to find in that job, God says, I already had it for you. The validation, the healing. The deliverance, the breakthrough, the love, the joy, the success that you've been working all your life to find. God said, I already have it. And now God is just waiting for you to get to a certain place in him for him to show you that, hey, I'm everything you're looking for. I got everything you've been trying to search for. When you get to a certain place with God, God will show you, you will find out that he already possessed your greatest heart's desire. When you get to a certain place in God, when you make yourself, when you get in touch and you make yourself available to God, you will find that God has everything you've been looking for. So because he has everything I'm looking for every day, you have to be putting in the effort to get closer to Jesus. If you know Jesus has what you're looking for every day, every day, I don't know, every day I'm praying. Every day I'm praying, not just because I'm trying to do this, but I'm praying because I know Jesus has what I want. And if I can talk to Jesus, sure enough, he'll give it to me. Jesus, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. When the disciples were out on the sea, Jesus could have easily been like, watch this. He could have been like, hey, y'all, this is Jesus. Y'all come on back. Y'all don't even have to drop y'all nets. I got some fish here. Jesus could have easily called them out from the sea. Called them out from their struggle and said, hey, I already got it. But Jesus did not do that. He did not tell them who he was and told them to come to him. He gave them some instructions in their hustle. Let me tell you this. Some of us, he coached them and he blessed them in their fishing until they were ready to pursue him. Jesus, he coached them and blessed them. He told them to drop your nets on this side, on on your net, until they were ready to pursue him. Sometimes God is not going to call you out and away from your hustle because he still wants to use it to bless you. 
Some of us are waiting for God to call us out of some things. But God says, no, I don't want you to call you out of that job yet. I don't want to call you out of that relationship yet. I don't want to call you out of that space yet. I don't want to heal your body just yet because I want to use that to bless you. But God will bless your hustle so that you can see who he is. And once you see who he is, that ought to be your motivation to pursue him more. When God blesses your efforts and what you're doing, that ought to be your motivation to pursue him more. Once you find out that God is, has everything that you want and everything you're looking for, that ought to be your motivation to pursue him more. Am I making sense? Yeah. All right, I'm done. I got one more point. Not only did they find God's way, they found God's wealth, but they also found God's will. Somebody shout will. will. This is going to be really quick. Once the disciples made it to where Jesus was, Jesus invited them to sit down and have a bite to eat. And I noticed something, that every time that Jesus showed up after his resurrection, it seemed like Jesus always had a meal. I said, I said my, Jesus, my Lord must like to eat like me. I'm just trying to be like Jesus. I'm just trying to be like Jesus. But every time Jesus showed up, they ate. They had a meal. They ate, and they ate well, too. It wasn't just not no, no crackers and no chips and some uh, Vienna sausages. It wasn't no Roman noodles. But when they ate, when Jesus had a meal, he, 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 made it, he made it do what it do. So in my study, I began to wonder, why in the world were they eating so much? Like, Lord, every time you showed up, they was eating. God, like, why, why, why were they eating? Why, why did y'all eat every time? And then the Holy Ghost smacked me with the answer. He said one word, fellowship. Every time they ate, it was for what? Fellowship. God wanted to have fellowship with his people. God wanted to have a personal connection and a personal relationship with his people. All of that other stuff, that fish, all of that other stuff, that attention, all of that other stuff was secondary. In our text, Jesus' goal was not just to have, just for them to have fish, but for them to have fellowship with him. It was less about the dinner. It was less about them eating, but it was more about them being able to be with Jesus. The disciples, they found their ultimate fulfillment not in the fish in their bellies, but the fellowship that they had with the Savior in their hearts. And until having a personal relationship with God, until having a personal connection, having God on speed dial, until that means something to your life, to you in your life, you will never find fulfillment. Until you have that personal relationship with God, you will always suffer in, in your search for fulfillment. Nothing will be enough. The fish that you've been looking for, they're only temporary. The fish, they can eat the fish, and then maybe, like me, five hours later, I'm still hungry. It's only temporary. But that connection, that experience that they had with Jesus that day was everything, and it was eternal. So God's will and God's plan for your life is not just for you to prosper. It's not just for you to have enough money in your account. It's not just for you to be successful in this. God's will for your life is for you to get to know him for yourself. 
God wants to have a personal relationship with you. God wants to show you who he is on a one-on-one basis. So God's will is fellowship. I'm not just going after the fish, but I'm going after being able to spend time with God. So I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Miss Janelle is getting ready to come to the keyboard to bless us with just some soft music. Um, in closing, there's one more detail in the text that bless my socks off. It's one more. It's one more. It's one more detail. It's one more detail in the text that bless my socks off. After the disciples, they figured out the blessing was in doing things God's way. Once they figured out that God had everything that they were looking for, once they found out that the relationship with God was their place of true fulfillment, Jesus tells them, he still tells them, bring the fish that you caught to me. After, all of, after it was all said and done, Jesus had fish, but he said, hey, y'all bring the fish that y'all caught, y'all still bring it to me. Jesus says, y'all, the fish that you caught, I'm about to let, it's about to make sense. It's about to all make sense. The fish that you've been looking for, the fish that you caught, bring it to me. Jesus tells them to bring everything that they were looking for in life to him. And Jesus is extending the same invitation to us today. That everything you've been looking for elsewhere, everything you've been looking for in this world, everything you've been looking for, God says, bring it to me. God says, bring it to me. Everything you were hoping to find over there, God says, bring it to me. Hallelujah. Everything that you've been looking for, let that be your motivation to come to Jesus. The fish were the disciples' motivation to come to Jesus. So my question for you today is, what are you looking for in life? What, what are you been looking for every, everywhere else? And Jesus is asking you to bring it to him. What have you been searching for? And all of everywhere, everywhere else, social media, in relationships, in your money, in your job, in, in, in everything. What have you been looking for? And Jesus is saying, bring it to me. And so my question for you, if you know who God is for real, why not come to Jesus? If you know who God is for real, why not bring it to Jesus? Why wait to come to Jesus? Knowing that he is the one who took your sins and he, he bore the cross and he died on that cross for your sins. And he, he died and he was placed in the borrowed tomb and he got up on that third day morning with all power in his hand. If you know that to be true, why are you still waiting to bring it to him? Why wait? Why wait? You know it. You know, why wait to bring it to Jesus? Why wait to bring it to Jesus? Knowing that Jesus has given so much, why are you holding back from him? Knowing that Jesus has given so much, he gave his life, why are you holding back from him? So we're getting ready to go into a place um, of worship, into a place where I want you to bring whatever you're looking for to Jesus. And I don't know what you've been looking for in your life. I don't know how hard you've been trying to get it. But whatever it is, let me tell you, Jesus already had it, has it. So, Father God, I thank you now for this day. God, I thank you now for your word and how you are allowing us to find fulfillment in you. And, Father, as we bring our fish to you this morning, Father, I pray that you will fill us again, God, 
Father, help us to find fulfillment right now in this room today. That, God, that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit. You will fill us with your Holy Ghost power. That, God, that we won't go searching anywhere else, God. But we will know that you have it all in your hands. That, God, that when you got up from the grave with all power in your, in your hands, God, you had our healing in your hands. God, you had our wisdom in your hands. You had our understanding in your hands. And, Father, for that, we bring our fish to you. And, Father, my prayer, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I don't know what your fish may be. Father, I don't know what fish your people may be bringing to the altar. But, Father, when they bring it, I pray now in the mighty name of Jesus, as you did with the little boy who had two fish and five loaves of bread. Father, my prayer is that you multiply their fish. Hallelujah. That, Father, that you multiply their fulfillment. Father, you multiply their healing. God, you multiply their understanding. Increase it now in the mighty name of Jesus. That God, whatever their fish is, as they bring it to you, God, I pray now that you bless it. God, I pray now that you bless it, you break it, and you multiply it according to your will and your purpose. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen.